Mentally and physically, success can be defined as getting up one more time after you've been knocked down over and over and over again. I'm T. Wood, and this is Triumph Moments, where I highlight significant moments beyond the surface to inform, encourage, and inspire people to triumph over their life's challenges. With, let me pause when I say that. With me today, I have my big brother, Dr. Ted Sutton. Dr. Ted Sutton is a man from Baltimore, Maryland. During his life in the streets, he was known as Crazy Ted and was affiliated with the characters in the HBO television drama The Wire, a series about comparison to street life in Baltimore, Maryland. He possesses a master's degree in criminology, specializing in juvenile delinquency prevention, a doctorate degree in humanities, and is also working on another doctorate degree. He is a sought-after motivational speaker, a trained certified game intervention specialist, and community leader and advocate. Dr. Sutton is a CEO and founder of Sutton House Incorporated and the Ministries of Defense, which focuses on youth and community development. He is married for youth children. My brother, welcome. Welcome. I tell you what, I'm gonna just go ahead and jump right on into it. Uh, for starters, what is your morning routine? I can't say typical because I'm sure it moves around. It's different, but from Monday to Friday, what is your morning, specifically your morning routine? What does it look like? Man, and that's so crazy because I'm still trying to figure it out, to be <laughs> honest with you, you know, uh, because one, one thing is, is that, you know, when I thank God for allowing me to open my eyes first, because I think that sometimes we take things for granted, like small things. You know, we thought it was an alarm clock. We thought that somebody called me and we thought that our phone was set to do this. And, and it's just like, no, uh, with everything that I've been through, you know, what I'm saying I don't take anything that anything like that lightly in any kind of way. And so it's, it's funny when you, you say what is a routine? Because as much as I try to have a routine, I may get a call that was definitely un unexpected. But to be honest with you, what I realize is in the right place at the right time with the right words or actions, you could change the trajectory of what was going to happen. So I thank God for being an option for somebody to call who was getting ready to do something that they really wanted somebody to talk them out of. And so, you know, I think that that's you know, uh, a beginning. So I could say, yes, I, I have the plan to work out. 
Right. I have the plan to, you know, to 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 pray before I get started. I, I take my daughter to school. You know, I, I I always tell her every day, and she probably thinks it's corny. I say the bad news is you don't fit in. The good news is you wasn't supposed to. And I tell her this every day, you know. And but even with that, and you know, if my son needs me, you know, I'll pick him up, and you know, and everything. And so what I see is is that you know. That may be the plan. Right. But then there are times when I have to deviate off of the railroad. You know what I'm saying? I have to I have to go off of the beaten path. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, someone, you know, thought me to be the perfect person to talk to me when they were getting ready to have a meltdown or when they was getting ready to do something crazy. And I, I thank God for that. So I don't even I don't see it as a burden. I see it as the privilege. See, see, that pulls me to, I'm a believer that nothing just comes, I mean, things don't just come from nothing. Everything has its purpose, purpose and everything was created from something. So let's take a little snapshot of your upbringing. Are you only child? Uh, any brothers and sisters in your household? Like, what did that look like, like growing up in your, in your household specifically? Well, it's, it's really wild. I mean, growing up for me, you know, was very unique. First, it was me and my brothers. So we did the wrestling, the, the fighting, you know, and, and different things of that nature. But I, I thank God that, you know, that my father was a pastor, you know, of two churches. He pastored Maryland Church of God in Christ, Columbia Church of God in Christ. My mother was a principal. She did 35 years in the school system. You know, and she actually chose some of the more rougher schools. So where she, you know, wanted to teach in Cherry Hill. She wanted to teach at Martin Luther King. She wanted to teach at what she called lovely Lexington Terrace that everybody else knew as Lexington Terrace Projects. And so, you know, and that was just how that was. But if you look at the real history, my grandfather was one of the deacons for defense that fought against the Klan in Louisiana that was shooting into churches. My uh, father was one of the organizers, organizers for uh, civil rights with, for Dr. King at wow. Southern and Grambling University. My mother worked for Mega Evans the same summer he was assassinated. I had an uncle that was a Black Panther. My cousin uh, actually helped start the new Black Panther Party and different things. So, so you're talking about I had a rich history, but I ended up kind of getting caught up, you know, and deviating from that. But in the household, you know, my, my parents was, we're going to sit down and we're going to say uh, prayer before dinner. And now what I did not appreciate then, I found myself being the foundation of what I'm able to appreciate now. Look, you, I, I got a point to this. When I look and hear the, 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 the things, the tradition, the things that were not just implemented you in your environment, but that's obviously in your blood. Yeah. You know, from the, the, the steps that your, your, your parents took and what they did in their careers. Mm-hmm. I mean, let me ask this. See, I'm from the South, mm-hmm. right? From the South, South Florida. Okay, okay, exactly. okay. So, my mother had my, my love before for the left. But she had a very her, her strength stood, stood tall. She had a very creative way of um, straightening me up whenever I got out of line. Mm-hmm. If you catch my drift, mm-hmm. she found creative ways that really worked. 
to, to get me back right. So I'm curious. And just for any of the listeners and viewers, did your parents have to find creative ways to, to kind of straighten you out? Or was it, you know, pretty much? Man, you know, I, it, it's funny. I, I, I'd say it as a joke, but uh, I, I feel I got whooped so much. I thought I was a runaway slave at one point, you know. Uh, you know, but I, I will say this. And and so, yes, I knew about getting that switch okay. off of that tree and coming in there. And it better not be a little one. You know, saying it's got to be it's got to be a real one. You know, saying, you know, or they might breed one. And then you get a, you, get a, you, you might have to get one that's homemade. That was a homemade one. You know, saying, but, you know, my father, when it, you know, if you if it got to his attention. You know, he had the leather belt that was thick with the with the buckle, you know, what I'm saying. And so that was a whole nother, you know, situation. And and so, you know, for me, but where it would appear as almost we call in the child protective service or something now. To be honest with you, man, it was it was something that ended up really being a blessing because See, there's difference between discipline and abuse because when you do certain things out of love, you know what I'm saying, you're doing it for a particular reason. And so you're willing to sacrifice for your children. So how can now you got parents that's willing to sacrifice? I'm going to buy you some LeBrons or I'm going to buy you a thousand dollar Xbox game or, you know what I'm saying, or, or a PS5 or whatever the situation is. But I won't sacrifice the time invested into into you so that you will be a better character growing up. And so we we have to really check some of our priorities. I know for me, you know, I'm I'm glad that I went through what I went through because uh, I don't even know who I would be if I did not. I think I briefly mentioned, you know, having female company, you know, to the house and I had to have them right there at that big couch watching that big wooden TV, you know, saying that, you know, the kind of had the stereo to it too. Uh-huh. It was like you could play records on it and everything, uh-huh. you know, and you had to sit right there on that couch and you had to be, it was no going to no family basements just by yourself. It was no going upstairs to no mm-hmm. rooms. It was going to be, you going to be right here under surveillance. And, and and I needed surveillance. See, people didn't understand. I wasn't going to play Monopoly. So if I had found some room and, and, and space right. and opportunity, right. you know, it, my entire life could be different. So for me, being the type of middle child that I was, I needed protection from myself. And I thank God that I received it. There was something that you said that really touched me that I wanted to connect on. The youth of today, like you've been making a difference in lives, all right, for some years. And I got to give you your flowers on this. You made a difference in so many lives for some years. It seems that this youth has a different mindset. So how do you feel? First of all, do you feel you're able to still connect with them? And do you feel like it's more of a challenge than it was in, you know, Years ago, I feel I can make a connection, and it also it is a big difference from years ago. I definitely have to answer it, you know, that way because, like Meek Mill said, like uh, it's levels to this thing. Come on, so I have to say, hold up, wait a minute. Come you on, know, what I'm saying y'all thought I was finished. Come on, you know, what I'm saying so. Uh, but to, to really keep it real, 
it's levels to this thing. So I work with a certain group now. I work with them all. But I may have, I may work with a, a young man that's a little younger than me. And then I have the strong connection with him. And then I actually try to have him assist me work with somebody that's even younger than him. And so, so because I'm not going to be out at 2 o'clock in the morning no more. I'm not going to, you know, and to be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? If you ask me some of my favorite rappers, I'm going to be like, okay, you got to go with Rakim. You know what I'm saying? You got to put Tupac. You got to have Biggie. And so I'm already on it. You know, so some of them don't understand the history with that. For me, I got to give the flowers to these dudes who paved the way. But you might talk to somebody that's older than me and be like, well, you forgot about Curtis Blow. You forgot about you Sugar Hill Gang. You know what I'm saying? What about Count Cool Out? And, you know, and so, so somebody had to reach me. And so, you know, so I had OGs. And I respected them. And so, you know, and now it was time for me. And then now I have the little homies that respect me. And then it's so it's levels to this thing. And that see that the real problem is, is it was a major gap between OGs, you know what I'm saying, and youth. So when you deal with that big gap, you're talking about now his big homie is 20. You know, his OG is 21. So I'm like, you would have had to be a BG, that means a baby gangster, when you literally was like three, you know what I'm saying, for you to be a big homie, a double OG, and you're 21. That they 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 don't understand the math, you know, kind of like with it. There's actually rules, you know, to the street, to the urban, to the, the, the gang activity, to the little homies. It's actually rules to it. So... In my book, Temporarily Insane, I talk about some of these young cats. Nobody has even taught them how to do wrong the right way. So they're even doing wrong, wrong, which is a double negative. Like, how do you how do you steal a car in your own neighborhood and you keep the car? You know what I'm saying? You know, you just driving past the neighbor that you wow. stole it from. You blowing the horn at them. They wow. wave, they're not waving at you because they think that you're a good person. They're waving you down wow. because they want you to bring the car back home. Wow. You know what I'm saying? You know, or, or that person that is going to a beef with five guys in the car, all have guns, radio blasting, weed smoke going out the window, bad tags, and a tail light out. And so to me, you, you have learned the wrong things, doing it the wrong way. So my thing is, is I have to teach you first to live so you can change. You can't change if you don't live. I got to first let you know you are definitely doing some things wrong. And we got to work on that first part. And then now I want you to consider changing. Something that I actually uh, arrived with with helping a young man that was actually getting ready to take somebody's life. And he called me. And this is the crazy part about it. He actually called me and asked if I could pray with him before he goes to take some people's lives. 
I mean, literally, he said, you know, and, and I had a witness with me. I had a guy that was visiting from England, first time over here, and uh, uh, one of the professors from John Hopkins asked him to kind of, well, you need to shadow, you know, Brother Ted. You need to, you know, he's working with the type of youth you want to you wanna learn about him and you work with in England. Man, and he went there, I said, before we get started, we got to make a stop there, man. And, and I actually, man, I, I talked to this young man, and... And he came to the door first with a 357, Chrome 357. And I was just like, oh, man. And I said, hey, man, let me hold that for a second. So I took my shirt and I grabbed it, you know what I'm saying? Wiped it off, you know what I'm saying? Put it under the pillow. And it was crazy because, you know what I'm saying, I don't touch no, you know, no guns like that and stuff. So what, what, but he was just like, he's going down to, and he gave me a specific street and everything on North Avenue in a corner. And he said that he's going to go up there and he's going to burn them up. But he said, I don't want you to talk me out of it. This is what he's saying. I'm like, because I'm really saying to myself, then why you call me? You should have called little black pookie, little day day. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who's going to gaslight you. Yeah, yo, I'll go down there in a minute, yo. You know what I'm saying? But now nah, you call Dr. Ted's son. So you really want something different. You were looking for something different. And man, and I came and he was just like, yeah, yo, you know, I'm going to go down there. And he was disrespectful. He was like, yo, I'm going to burn everybody up. And, and and I said, so you're waiting? He said, no, I'm waiting for everybody to get out there so I can do it in front of everybody, you know. So I said, so you're saying that you want to attempt this, but you need more people to be witnesses. I said, so you, I said, I said, what's a good number for you? Maybe 10, maybe 20. I said, so you know 20 people that would not use your name as a get-out-of-jail-free card? They wouldn't say a word about you. Just Even if they get into trouble, they found some, found a kilo on them, and they know about somebody that took somebody's life, but they would never tell on you. I was like, wow, you must be somebody special, because I can't think of the people in Baltimore that would just not mention my name to have a get-out-of-jail-free card. And so I'm talking to him and things. He was just like, yeah, man. Well, I'm just saying, yo, you know, I'm going to go down there, bro. And I was just like, he was like, but yo, he was like, check this out. He was like, nah. He was like, yo, because that N-word, he, he was just calling him. There. He was like, you know, he don't mean nothing to me. I was like, don't you ever say that to me again. And then he like saw the now I'm getting out of pocket. I said, don't you ever say that to me again. I said, you talk about him mean nothing to you. I said, when you're talking about somebody who is getting ready to change your entire life. I want you to address him as he's my all in all. I said, every time you address this young man, I want you to say he's my everything. That's how I want you to address him because you're willing to give up everything. And I said, but check this out. Since you don't want me to talk you out of it, I said, why don't you do this? I said, your daughter, she's like eight now. I said, when she's ready to get married, I'll walk her down the aisle for you. Wow. I said, I'll try to be at her graduation if I'm not out of time or something like that. I said, to be honest with you, hopefully, you know that her mother doesn't make a lot of good decisions. And I said, she slept with you, Raw. And I said, so I said, hopefully, hopefully she just wants to hopefully she finds a boyfriend that really doesn't like little girls with barrettes in their hands. Because you won't be able to protect her. And I was saying so. And I said so. Why don't you do this? And I said. We can be talking a year from now. And we could be laughing about the day you was running around. 
like a chicken with his head cut off and you did something different. I said, or you might be in a cell with tears in your eyes wishing you could do one night over. And I said, so let's do this. You know what I'm saying, man? And I said, so which one, man? I said, yo, you've proven me that you can die out here. Y'all have proven to me that y'all can take life out here. I said, what you haven't proven is that you can live. And man, and he was, you know, he was like, man, he, he went over because he went over to the gun, man. He just put the gun down and, and, and he was like, man, you know, I don't want to live. And when we left, yo, the, the guy that was with me, he was so amazed. And I said, why are you like in shock? Because it's because I'm thinking we ain't get started yet. He was like, that was the first time I ever seen a gun up, up close. And I was just like, wow. And I said, well, hold on because it's just 10 o'clock. And, and so, but what I realized is that in the right place at the right time, you could change the trajectory of what was going to happen. If you have the right words, you know, to say or the right actions. And I think that that's what meant everything, you know, for me. Come on. To, to, and then that's when I put together seven, seven minutes. 